2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. It's Wednesday, November 21st, 2018, Thanksgiving Eve. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, we always start our lead-in with the Eagles, but tonight we're opening with the 12-7 and Sixers, 9-0 and at home on a three-game winning streak. The Flyers have their own losing streak. Uh, our own streak losing three in a row and continue to struggle to score goals sitting with a 500 record at the quarter season mark. And then there's the Eagles that just got taken behind the woodshed in all phases of the game by the New Orleans Saints. I get a little depressed, Bill, when I think about the Eagles season and you know, what's happened the last couple of weekends, particularly, but we will address all of that in due time. But yeah, the Sixers are pretty exciting right now. Jimmy Butler seems to be getting more comfortable every game. Ben Simmons and Jimmy seem to be learning each other's tendencies along the way. And Joel Embiid continues to be a beast. Of course, there's also that whole Markel Fultz mess, too. We will get to that. We never seem to run out of topics, Bill, and there's often some drama to deal with. Well, absolutely, and uh, the Eagles are certainly giving us that. So let's talk a little bit, Eagles. We're going to talk to uh, Bleeding Green Nation's Brandon Lee Gowton in just a few minutes about what happened in New Orleans, but more than what happened last week is where does this team go moving forward now, Chet? Well, I mean, let's face facts, Bill. Their, their season is on the line this Sunday. If they don't beat the stinking Giants, they are cooked. Stick a fork in them. They won't suddenly turn it around and win their final game. So it's the old one-game-at-a-time mantra, but and they're not going to beat the Giants the way they played recently. I mean, heck, they wouldn't beat Rutgers if they played the way they did down in New Orleans. <laughs> the injuries continue to mount, so – it is going to be a challenge, even against the Giants. We'll see what they have left in the tank, see how many able bodies they can put out there, especially on defense. But, uh, yeah, you got to win Sunday. Take it one game at a time, go from there, see what happens. Yeah, i tell you, um, I'm a little bit concerned about this game. Uh, you know, the Giants, stinking Giants, are playing stinking better. And... Uh, you know, of course, they have Saquon Barkley. We knew they had Odell Beckham. Eli Manning's actually playing better. They're throwing the ball around. The Eagles' defensive backfield is depleted. Um, you know, can they rush the quarterback like they need to and have always done against Eli Manning and been pretty successful at it? And if they do that, they've got to put these even younger defensive backs in man-to-man coverage against the Giants, and I'm not sure that's where they want to be. And, of course, they have to stop Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and, I mean, the Giants have won a couple in a row now. Like you said, they're playing better. Eli's looking okay. Um, Maybe not like the guy who won the Super Bowl twice, but definitely looking better than he was earlier in the year. They do have some weapons, as you mentioned. And, you know, if they beat the Eagles, they would have the same record, and technically they'd be ahead of the Eagles in the standings because of the head-to-head victory. So let's hope it doesn't come to that. Well, yeah, and, you know, there's a little things you see sometimes. And uh, they showed a highlight of the Giants game last week where uh, they scored and they did a celebration deal, you know, which they all do now. And I want to say the head count was 26. Uh, there were 26 players that were part of that celebration that came off the sidelines and all that. And, you know, it, it, it's a little thing, 
But it's a team thing. It's a team-building thing, and teams win. Individuals don't win. Saquon Barkley doesn't win. 26 guys can win, though, and that worries me a little bit come this Sunday. Yeah, I'm a little worried, too. And, hey, speaking of football, before we get Brandon on, which I think we're going to have in about a minute or two, did you, how much of the Monday night game did you catch, that crazy 50-something to 50-something game, the Rams and the Chiefs? That was maybe not your kind of football, but it was pretty entertaining. It, it was entertaining. And, uh, boy, you talk about just wide-open offenses. I don't think those, those aren't the games that win Super Bowls, although the game is changing and, and it's getting closer. But uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was uh, – and, and I did see most of it. I think I turned it on. It was 14, 14 maybe or something. It was early. Uh, but there were points being racked up like crazy. And uh, it, it was fun to watch. Two great quarterbacks playing in two great systems. Uh, you know, and, and somebody finally made a mistake, and the Rams defense uh, got a turnover there from Patrick Mahomes, or several, and uh, turned them into points. It was uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I actually only saw the last 12 minutes, but in that time I saw, I guess, three touchdowns, three lead changes. So, Definitely entertaining, and uh, it's the new NFL, I guess. Hey, let's bring our guest on, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. As we mentioned, Brandon Lee Gowton has been all over the birds this week with some great articles and quotes, and I can't wait to see what uh, he has to say. So, Brandon, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks, as always, guys, for having me. Glad to be here, and certainly a lot to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Brandon, it's Chet. I heard a bit of your BGN radio show last week, and this was last week. You said you had been having a tough time getting over the loss to the Cowboys from the previous Sunday night. So I got to ask, what was your mindset after viewing the debacle down in New Orleans this past Sunday? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was pretty expected. You know, I was going into Sunday's game really expecting a loss all the way. So it almost felt good in the sense of that, oh, this isn't me. Uh, <laughs> just hoping the Eagles will win and, and, you know, being disappointed when it didn't happen. Now, with that said, obviously, it's never great when you see the team get blown out like that. And while that was probably more expected just because the Saints offense is so good and we obviously saw the Eagles defense, which has been struggling to begin with, get decimated by injuries. So you kind of expect that. But to see the offense only score seven points, I mean, that's pretty pathetic. You know, the Saints are – not one of the best defenses in the league. They have given up points this year. For the Eagles to not be able to do anything, I mean, that was really frustrating. So that was that was the big takeaway from that game. And speaking of the offense, Carson Wentz had his worst game of the season last Sunday, one of the worst of his young pro career. In fact, no touchdowns, three picks, some bad throws, some poor decisions, a horrible passer rating, I think uh, 31.9. What's going on with number 11 lately? Yeah, it was a career-worst game for him for sure. I mean, he just looked like he was pressing, honestly. I know he said he he didn't feel that way, <laughs> but, I mean, that's what it looked like to me when I was watching him out there. It's kind of forcing things, um, just not really having the accuracy that you need to have. He is struggling in the post-snap phase of the game. I, I don't think he struggles so much trying to diagnose what's happening before the play, but just kind of being locked on to things and then making that throw that maybe shouldn't be made once the defense adjusts after the snap, I mean, that's been an issue. So I think overall, you know, you're still very encouraged about Carson Wentz and his long-term outlook, but certainly, I mean, it's been disappointing uh, recently. And and really, you know, the Eagles traded up for this guy and what your hope for Carson Wentz is he can be this elite quarterback who kind of elevates the team. And, you know, it's, it's not easy to ask him to go into new Orleans and single handedly, beat the Saints, but you sure would want him to give the team a better chance than he did on Sunday. So 
obviously still a lot for Carson Wentz to work on. Well, Brandon, full confession. Last week on our show, Chet said by halftime we would be he would be watching a rerun of the Love Boat because the game <laughs> would be out of hand. I, on the other hand, took the Eagles. Uh, wow. And I expected to see Crazy. Uh, them come out and play with a lot of pride and a lot of toughness and a lot of bounce back after the Cowboys game. Now, I'm not going to go as far as some have said about that team quitting, but um, the effort was certainly – well, was it the effort or is it just an accumulation of injuries and every other thing and the fact that the Saints are just a better football team? Yeah, I think all that goes into it. I mean, they're really banged up right now, especially in the secondary, like I said. I mean, like, I don't know what you're really even supposed to do when you're relying on guys like an undrafted free agent and Chandon Sullivan and – a, a journeyman like Cravon LeBlanc, who had only joined the team back on November 5th, and then uh, Devontae Bosby, who was only brought back on the practice squad a week ago and then promoted to the active roster on Saturday. So, I mean, they, they were just they were so depleted in some areas like that. I mean, injuries not being the only reason they lost, of course. Uh, again, like, there's, this, there's issues across the board, and that's the thing. I mean, and looking to parse the blame – I mean, there's blame for everyone on this team to go around. It's it's to be shared for sure. It's not like you just fix one thing, uh, and then that fixes everything. They're just they're having issues all across the board. If you look at how they rank in Football Outsiders DVOA metric, they're like 22nd in offense, 22nd in defense, and 22nd in special teams. So none of the units are really playing all that well, all things considered. And it's kind of just been a wholly disappointing year. Brandon, you mentioned the injuries in the secondary. I'm sure Eli Manning and Odell Beckham have taken notice. I know there are an abundance of concerns these days, but for me it is the the depleted secondary at the top of the list right now. So what is the status of those guys? Will Jalen Mills at least be back this week? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, he didn't practice on Wednesday, and a couple weeks ago it was said that he was going to be week to week. Doug Peterson did say that he's day-to-day now, so maybe there's an outside chance. The fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday doesn't seem to bode well. We'll see on Thursday. Uh, If he's out again, then it's pretty much very likely he doesn't play. And then we have to see what is going on with the other corners as well because Russell Douglas, Devontae Maddox, Sidney Jones, all of those guys didn't practice on Wednesday. Sidney Jones is Mm. expected to be out for this week's game. Uh, So (laughs) this potentially leaves you, again, with those guys I mentioned earlier, Sullivan, LeBlanc, Bosby going up against Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley, and that's just not that's not a good situation. No, no, it's not. Well, hey, Brandy, you were in the middle of uh, I guess breaking a breaking a story, breaking a quote uh, regarding Golden Tate and how the Eagles coaching staff, mainly Mike Groves, saying that uh, it's been a challenge to fit him in. Um, interesting <laughs> comment, and what in the world is? Uh, did we miss something as? As the fan base, or I mean, it seems like it should be an easy fix. I mean, that is that's just a that's a rough quote. That is, I mean, to me, that's him saying I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> that that is him <laughs> saying that, which is a uh, a rare moment of honesty. I don't think that's what he meant to say, but geez, I mean, that's that's concerning. When your offensive coordinator, you know, you, you trade a third round pick for this guy for eight games of him uh, that are left on his current contract. And, you know, you bring him in and you have the bye week to kind of get him a little bit more up to speed. And then even he played a limited role against the Cowboys, which, okay, it's his first game. But then, you know, he comes in the second game 
and he still doesn't have he, – he had a bigger role than he did against the Cowboys, certainly, but still for you to come out of that and say that and, – and it's not just about his targets because he's getting some targets. He led the team in targets, but you know he's not being productive. So you would feel like the team has to be able to use him in, in a way that would allow him to be more productive and allow him to use his skills because we know that Golden Tate leads the league – in yards after the catch since 2016. So it's not a player issue. I mean, he's clearly talented, but they're, they're not able to get that production out of him, and that falls on the coaching staff. And that's Doug Peterson, that's Mike Groh. I don't know why they, they can't figure out how to use him. I mean, Jim Bob Cooter, the Lions certainly figured out how to use him. So it's on them. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see if they decide to bring him back or not after this season. We'll see. Uh, now, Brandon, I don't know if this guy's been 100% ever this season, but Corey Clement hasn't looked like the same guy as he did as a rookie. Any insight into why he's been so much less effective this year? It's weird because you, you talk to Corey Clement, and he's saying that he isn't hurt. But we know he did have an injury earlier this season. He had a quad issue that was kind of keeping him out of action. And you look at the production, and it's really not there. I mean, he's, I think he's averaging like 1.6 yards per carry in his last four games here. I mean, you're getting nothing out of him on yeah. the ground. Uh, he had that good return on the kickoff in the, in the Saints game, so that was a little bit encouraging to see. But, like, offensively, he's just giving you nothing. I don't, I don't really know what's up there. I mean, it's possible that, like, is it last year a mirage to some extent in the sense of, you know, this is an undrafted rookie player. It's not like he's this top prospect coming in here. Um, I don't know, but it, for for whatever it is, it's 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 really hampering this offense because the run game, you know, Josh Adams aside, and Josh Adams has shown some flashes here, but I mean, you need more than that. And Corey Clement, what we saw from him in 2017, he was capable, at, at the very least, of being a nice rotational player, and it, it, you just haven't seen it at all this year, and that's that's really discouraging because you you thought that could be someone coming into this season who could take a step forward and be a nice piece for this offense but right now he's giving this team nothing absolutely hey let's jump over to the defense again for just a minute brandon the uh you know i think we can all say that the front eight maybe of that defensive line last year in the rotation seven or eight uh really was outstanding it also made the linebackers better uh because they were so good this year, not so much. Um, what do you see the difference? Is it scheming from the uh, from the opponents, not giving them a chance to to um, substitute freely? Uh, but overall, I think we could say that the defensive line and linebackers at this point in the season have been pretty disappointing as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the linebackers have been basically invisible. You're not really getting anything out of them. Um, and then defensive line, I think personnel is a huge issue because you don't have – I mean, they just activated Timmy Jernigan for this week, so he'll be out there against the Giants. We'll see in what kind of capacity. But obviously they haven't had him for most of the season, and that hurts. And so does losing Bo Allen because he was a really good number three defensive tackle to have in there. And all of a sudden now this year they have guys like Trayvon Hester who, who began the year not even on the team. They added him to the practice squad and eventually caught him up. And against the Saints and the Cowboys the past two weeks, they've had a guy named T.Y. McGill who they cut to make room for Jernigan back on the active roster. I mean, when you're playing these guys next to Fletcher Cox, and all of a sudden it's a lot easier to block him, number 91, because you have to you don't have to worry about uh, having anyone else in there who can really threaten you. You can give him the extra attention. So I think that's been an issue. I think uh, Brandon Graham hasn't been the same player he was 
uh, last year. And I think, you know, having that injury in the off season and then kind of getting off to a slow start hasn't helped. I think he's come on a little bit lately, but he kind of had a slower start to the year. Uh, Chris Long is another year older, so that hurts. Uh, Derek Barnett is obviously out for the year. So it's just not as deep and talented as it was last year. And that hurts. And all of a sudden now you're forced into playing these guys more snaps than you ideally would like to, to have them play. So that hurts your rotation. So it's kind of been a big issue personnel wise this year. And that's definitely something they need to address this off season. Hey, Brandon, ahead of the season opener, we had you on with us along with the great Eagles radio voice, Merrill Reese. And I want to play this, before I ask a question, I want to play this brief exchange that Merrill and I had. Merrill, which NFC East rival is the biggest threat to the Eagles this season? None. And and I mean that sincerely, but we'll see. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. I just think the Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC East. Well, bottom line, Brandon, we were all wrong. Merrill, Bill, you, me. (laughs) In thinking the Eagles would have double-digit wins this season, I think you said 11 or 12. Bill and I both said 11 wins. So given the injuries and the poor play of late, can they even get to 8-8 eight and eight at this point? I think they can. I mean, you still play Washington twice. Um, you have the Giants this weekend. Uh, I think you might be able to win one of those two, Houston or uh, Rams games uh, at best. I mean, again, I'm not going to say that's likely right now with the way the team is playing, but I'm, I'm saying, like, if they get their stuff together, I think there's the path for that for sure. But I just don't have a lot of faith that that's going to happen right now because so this is a team that hasn't been able to string back-to-back wins together all year. I don't know how I can really just expect them to, to rattle off some wins here. Again, they're so depleted in the secondary. I don't even know if they're going to beat the Giants this weekend. And if you can't beat the Giants, I don't know really who else you are going to. <laughs> Reliably yep. be again maybe maybe Washington because maybe they kind of crater with Colt McCoy I don't know maybe they end up being kind of a pushover uh, but right now they're at the top of the division so we'll see um, to to Merrill's defense I will say that you know none of these other teams are really good either like so <laughs> he, he did get that right like I don't yeah. think the Cowboys are actually really good <laughs> like Washington uh, even with Alex Smith I don't think they were a juggernaut uh, by any means and the Giants are clearly just not very good at all. Uh, they won their last two, but they've beaten you know Nick Mullins and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who got benched in the game. So they're they're hardly something to uh, really write home about. So it's it's not a good a division right now by any means, and that's that's really why the Eagles are actually still alive at four and or, uh, four and six. Yeah. Hey, jump back over to the offense just a second. I want to throw two two names that people might forget or even on the team, um, but but I want to get your take on what you think they're the impact of their loss was one Mike Wallace, who they signed to take the lid off the top of the defense and he went away. And then two Darren Sproles, who we've got nothing out of uh, two of the speed guys that have given them absolutely zero. Yeah. I think that's a huge issue with the Eagles offense right now. You know, I've seen some people kind of say, Oh, well, you know, you can't make too many excuses for Carson Wentz because he still has all these weapons and, I disagree because I don't think you have anyone right now on this team that brings you kind of explosive playmaking. And that's something yep. Mike Wallace was or is capable of. I saw in training camp, he looked good at times where he was getting vertical and he was making some big plays. I mean, obviously we didn't see that at all. Uh, he only played not even a full two games. He got hurt in the second game of the year early in the game, which was disappointing. Uh, he might return from IR. I mean, it might be too late for him to really – make a difference for the season, but the Eagles might get him back. I think having him 
would have made some kind of difference this year. Uh, and as for Darren Sproles, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, he's older and he's, he's just been totally unreliable. He played in week one. He hasn't been able to play since. It was looking like the Eagles were going to get him back for that week 10 Cowboys team. Obviously, he aggravates his hamstring again. He can't play. People are really frustrated that he's taking up a roster spot, and I get it. But at the same time, he's kind of exactly what they need right now. They need a, a pass-catching running back or, or really just a running back who can give them anything uh, in addition to Josh Adams right now. So uh, for as frustrating as it is to keep Sproles around like that, I mean, they, they need someone like that. And at the very least, Sproles could actually help this team in pass protection. And that is something that the running backs have been pretty horrible at this year. Yes, and a big reason absolutely. why we haven't seen Wendell Smallwood on the field so lately. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it's tough when you have to be relying on those kind of guys like that. But I think having them would have made a difference for this team to some extent. Brandon, we occasionally like to talk hoops with you. I know you're a Sixers fan, and I'll tell you, oh, given yeah. the way this Eagles season is going, it seems like it makes a lot of sense to switch it up right here. So we've got to talk Markel Fultz first of all. What is your take on that situation? Is it all a mental thing? And is he ever going to play another game for the Sixers now with this latest development? Uh, I don't think he is. Um, I, to me, it's highly suspicious that – the day after Markel Fultz essentially gets benched for T.J. McConnell in the second half of the game against the Suns, that you know all of a sudden somehow he needs to see a shoulder specialist. It's just like I just don't buy that really. Um, from from what I've always heard was that you know the shoulder wasn't the biggest issue or wasn't the main issue for his struggles. To me, honestly, I'm kind of just tired. You know, it's very tiring. It's like a very I just want to be done with it. I, I and I think they're at a point where. The, the likelihood of them making the finals this year and being able to compete this year is more likely than it is that Mark Helfoltz is worth keeping on to. So to me, if you can kind of get anything for him that would help you better compete for a championship this year, I think it would be worth it because I don't want to be in a situation after this season where all of a sudden he's, he has a $10 million cap hit and you're trying to sign a free agent this offseason, potentially, and all of a sudden you have to give up a first-round pick or something of value just to clear his salary. So to me, the better they get, or the sooner they get rid of him, the better. Wow. Well, I've got a question for you. You know, I think we were all disappointed that um, when we were going, what would we call big-time fishing or whatever in the world we were calling it. Star Star hunting. hunting, And we we didn't get anything there. And then all of a sudden we come up and uh, we make a move for Jimmy Butler. What was your take on that? Were you surprised that they were able to pull that off? And were you surprised it took them so long to do it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was definitely disappointed heading into this season that they were, they they did strike out on everyone. And honestly, it had me very not excited for the season. I remember uh, I just, I really didn't get the point. It was like, we saw where this team topped out last year. Uh, they have their limitations. Ben Simmons still isn't really shooting. Markel Fultz is clearly not the difference maker that this team would hope he would be. So it was hard to even watch some of these games because you just knew they were already limited. But when they made this trade for Butler, I mean, I was just so I was so caught off guard by it. I thought it was a fake account at first. <laughs> I saw the news report. And I was like, this can't be real. Uh, but sure enough, it was. And I think you've already seen what kind of difference it can make for this team just having someone who can come up for you in the clutch and, and you know, uh, shoot off the dribble and, and make a big shot like he did against the Hornets there in Charlotte. So I think having him is huge. I think they are 
a legitimate contender with him. I'm not going to say they're the favorite. Obviously, there's still a lot of other, you know, the Warriors are going through some issues, but they're still the Warriors. Um, you know, the Celtics are having some issues too, but I think they're still really good. The, the Raptors with Kawhi, we'll see. But, I mean, I think they have a shot. So, to me, they are a legitimate contender, and it's awesome to see. Hey, Brandon, we're just about out of time, but I just want to mention, when you joined us on September 5th, it was a landmark episode for us, our 200th show, as you'll recall. And now this is a milestone episode for you because you are the fifth member of the Ten Timers Club. So congrats on that. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) we don't have a gold jacket or a trophy or anything, but I do owe you a frosty beverage. So uh, thank you, and we do appreciate you always finding time for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor. Hey, hey, Brandon, before we let you go, though, uh, give a shout-out to your Bleeding Green Nation and where you can be reached and where people can uh, follow you. Be sure we get that done. Absolutely. You can read my work on BleedingGreenNation.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. And, of course, you can check out our Eagles podcast on Bleeding Green Nation. That is BGN Radio. Very good. Hey, thanks for coming by, as always, and uh, hopefully – uh, November, the rest of November and December is going to be a little bit better than what we've seen the last few weeks. Hopefully. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right. See you, Happy Thanksgiving. All right, Bill. Uh, let me tell you again about the Irish Rover Station House, shall I? Uh, the Irish Rover in Langhorne, you know by now, they have daily lunch and dinner specials and happy hour deals. They also have a free buffet Friday nights at 11, which is pretty cool. In addition, there are always 24 beers on tap, something for everyone. And I'll tell you, this Friday morning, it's the Irish Rover's annual Black Friday gift card sale. From 10 a.m. until noon on Friday, you buy a $50 gift card, you get a $10 gift card for free. There will also be breakfast specials and mimosas. Heck, you can even grab a beer. So what if it's morning? Again, the Black Friday gift card sale is from 10 a.m. to noon this Friday. It's the Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. You can find them on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. So, Chet, is uh, is your first stop on Black Friday shopping going to be at the Irish Rover Station House? I, and what does uh, Miss Chesco think about that stop in the plan? <laughs> she doesn't care what I do anymore. <laughs> i got to be honest. <laughs> I think she's glad to have me out of the house. Uh, well, sadly, I, I, have to, I have to work on Friday. i got to work my real job on Friday from uh, like 11.30 to 7. So I do have the morning if I want to go out, find some early Black Friday deals, maybe pop into the Rover, you know, check out those gift card deals or sneak a beer before I come to work. Don't tell the bosses. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. I know that. All right. Are, are you still – you're still doing the radio, right? Absolutely I am. Compass oh, Media oh, Network. Oh, you said uh, your real job. I, I was just wondering. If Come on. <laughs> Come on. I didn't say it's a hey, hard job, but it's a real job. There you go. Hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. Yeah, you know what, Bill? It's true. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoy, who's dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or 
just call Dave directly. It's 610-430-0700. That is Dave Lavoy at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. And, hey, Bill, uh, we were talking Sixers, and we haven't heard this in a while, so I just want to play this right now. Well, and Chet, you know what? The Sixers are giving us a reason to talk a little bit. You know, I think the uh, they've turned things up a few notches with the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, as we said. On top of that, Joel Embiid has even upped his game even more. He's on an MVP-type season going on. We mentioned Marco Fultz. But interesting enough, Chet, the Sixers are 9-0 at home, nine sellouts. Uh, they're number one in the NBA in attendance, according to the league. Uh, it's really gotten off to a good start at home, and they picked it up with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, they have a little problem still holding on to leads in a lot of games, and some would blame Brett Brown for that, and I understand that. Um, but they are playing well. They're on a pace for, I guess, close to 50 wins again because they got 12, and they're not even at the quarter point. So, yeah, that's right, around 50, 51 wins. And I think they're going to get even better, you know, once Jimmy Butler is – more established in the offense and gets more familiar with the guys. Um, they got to resolve this Fultz thing, of course, pretty soon. And I'm agreeing with Brandon on that. I think they're probably better off to just part ways, even if they can only get a second-round pick for him or something, because you know it's going to be a nightmare, I think, if he sticks around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mess. And I guess, you know, the only thing I would say is the kid is still, what, 20? Something yeah. like that, 20 still years young, old. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you ready to throw them in on the trash heap already? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. But he certainly has no place in the top rotation, top eight, nine guys. So if if he is back, uh, he's got to go towards the end of the bench. And now you've got a number one pick sitting way down there next to me and you. <laughs> yeah, good to see TJ getting a little more playing time of late. I mean, he always gives them a spark. Um, he probably doesn't have the natural talent that a Markel Fultz does, obviously, but there's just something about when TJ's on the court. It, it gets the crowd fired up. The guys who are out there with him seem to you know, play a little better for whatever reason. And, you, you know, I've always been a TJ fan, so I love seeing him. Um, Wilson Chandler is still finding his way a little bit. I think Amir Johnson's having a down year. But on the other hand, Mike Muscala has looked pretty good the last couple of games. He's hitting some outside, outside shots. He had 18 or 19 points the other night, a, a high as a sixer for him. So things are certainly coming together, and I like it. Three straight wins, and like I said, on a pace for 50 wins, and they're going to get better. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned Brett Brown, and I certainly wanted to bring that up because i tell you what, I, I'm not sold on him. I haven't been from the beginning, even back when he was being given passes. Um you know, I listen to his interviews, and I think, does this guy really even know what's going on? <laughs> no, I don't think that. He knows what's going on. Um, I mean, there's some questionable things in terms of strategy with, you know, the timeouts that Fred mentioned on Facebook the other day. You call a timeout when you're on a 16-2 to run. That was kind of silly. I noticed <laughs> yeah, that right away. But not when um, they're on a 16-2 to run. Yeah, the Sixers, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that but not, not when the other sense. team's on the run. <laughs> yeah, there are some decisions that I think he would like to see reversed, and we certainly would, but he's a smart guy. He doesn't always make the right call. We know that, but uh, I'm not giving up on him, certainly. Well, I, I sure hope not. Uh, I hope he's the guy that can take this thing home 
since he's been here from the beginning, but uh, I got to see a little more. We got to get this done. I think they've got a good club. I think JJ Reddick is going to do what he always does. Going to score a lot of points and be a good floor guy. Uh, I, I, I like this group they have together right now. Oh, I do too. I think they could certainly compete with some of the top teams in the East, especially once they get more familiar with one another. And, of course, it's all contingent on Joel Embiid staying healthy. So far, so good this year. He's pretty much unstoppable. I mean, the number of 30-point games and, you know, 15 rebound nights that he's having in tandem, nobody's even close. He's got, what, 11 or 12 of those already? Nobody else has more than four around the league. So he's on fire. And uh, I like the way Simmons and uh, Butler are now fitting in and working with him. So things are certainly looking up, and I'm optimistic. I can't wait to watch this team develop over the next four months. Well, what they've got to do, and you, you mentioned it early on, is they the old, old coach is saying, step on their throat. You know, they get yeah. teams down. And then and and that's not something that happens in the NBA a lot anyway, all these comebacks and all that. But they've got to learn to step on the throat. They get they get the lead. they got to stay on the gas and take care of business and not blow these leads and get themselves in tight games, some of which they've actually turned around and lost. And you know what? we got a guy waiting to come on with us who's going to talk football, but he's a Sixers fan, so let's get his opinion on what's going on with the Sixers. Is that you, Fred? Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred. He's probably oh, waiting for I'm that mute, music I'm chat. Muted, I muted, muted myself out. I was, I'm here. Fred I'm here. I was muted. I muted myself. I, I was telling you guys I'm trusting the process as usual. How, how are you? Uh, doing good. You know I thought I you were waiting it. for that music. Bill is the skeptic. <laughs> Bill's the skeptic on the process. Well, I, we'll I'm see. Hopefully, the hopefully skeptic that, on the process now with Jimmy Butler. I mean, I think that was a great acquisition. Um, I think they've they've got a much better uh, starting lineup now than they had just a month ago. Uh, I, I like what they, they've got now a whole lot better than I did just a little bit ago. Yep. Yeah, they, they added that, that third piece that, that they that they struck out on. Well, there wasn't really that many stars available. It was basically LeBron James, really. But, um, but yeah, they added that third piece, which they're going to need to add another spot uh, piece here um, as well. You know, it's those three aren't going to win you a championship. you got the Warriors, and then you got – um, the Celtics are getting better. They have young talent as well, so they're going to they're going to add a fourth. Hopefully, they got two roster spots now. Now that Mr. Fultz is having his uh, psychological issues, but yep. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, one thing look- one thing I was going to toss out to to Chet, but I'll throw it out now is it's going to be interesting to me to see how Ben Simmons fits into this whole thing. We know Embiid's going to be a star. We know or is a star. Butler is a star. Is Simmons going to be as good as he was pre-Butler, or is he going to be better? He's not going to have the ball as much uh, or as many opportunities, maybe. Uh, How's he going to fit into this? I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. Take it, Fred. It it is going to be interesting because you don't know which way it's going to go. You you would hope that he's going to develop some kind of shot. But what what I have noticed over the last two games is he's been more focused on scoring He's getting in the post and finding mismatches in the post and actually trying to get to the basket. And if he can do that and then add in, you know, you know, he'll have mismatches with point guards all, all day long. And then if you can add that in with what he already does with the rebounds and the assists, 
then yeah, he he would be another superstar. Um, if he if he's going to just run into the lane and jump up in the air and look for someone in the corner that everyone's waiting to grab intercept his pass, then then probably not. But hopefully, the pressure's off of both him and Embiid as far as like being that that scorer at the end with, with Butler there. So I think it's going to help. Fred, I hear something. I hear it. Oh boy. There it is, Fred. <laughs> All right, Fred, fantasy football time. Let's get it done. What's happening out there? What a showdown on Monday night. Oh, wow, man. It was just scoring after scoring after scoring. I, I like that, but if that's the way the NFL is going to go and every game's supposed to be like that, I don't know how, how much I would like it. I, I like a little bit of defense, too. But it, it was definitely, definitely exciting and a lot of fantasy points scored. Um, as far as this week goes, waiver wire, there, there's not much out there. There's a uh, there's Gus Edwards of the Ravens. It looked like the Ravens this week. They they ran like a almost like a like an option offense with Lamar Jackson and him. They're facing the Raiders, who don't really stop the run well. He might be a pickup. You can grab DJ Moore. The Panthers had his coming out party, and then Theo Riddick in, in PPR leagues is definitely a pickup with Carryon Johnson being out, but. Other than that, um, we're about two weeks out in most leagues from the playoffs. So if you're if you're borderline here, these next two weeks are are must wins definitely. At quarterback, I like uh, Kirk Cousins against the Packers. I like Matt Ryan against the Saints, and then Russell Wilson against the Panthers. <clears throat> At um, running back, moving over there, like Joe Mixon, who, who most people would start anyway, but he has an even better matchup against the. Um, the Browns this week. So, and then you got Nick, you could actually flip flop him and Nick Chubb. Cause then Nick Chubb would come right back against the Bengals. Cause their run D isn't, isn't very good. I also like Marlon Mack against the Dolphins. He's emerged as the number one in Indianapolis and, and the Dolphins run D is, is not that great. Moving to wide receiver. I mean, you would start these guys anyway, again, but Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, they're playing each other, but you could flip flop them. Both pace defenses aren't great. Um, I, and sad to say, with how banged up the Eagles are, you got to start Odell Beckham or uh, Sterling Shepard, definitely, if you have either against that secondary. And then I also like Jarvis Landry and Kenny Galladay this week as well. Uh, tight end position, I like Trey Burton tomorrow against the Lions. The reason I like him is um, – with Trubisky out, Chase Daniels is getting the start. I think he's he's going to rely on him a lot just to get get catches. So that that's one of the main reasons I like Trey Burton. Um, I think Jack Thiel, he's been hurt all year. I think this week's the week he, he gets his catches and a little bit of a coming out party for him. So start him for the Colts. And then Jordan Reed, as I predicted last week, got his first touchdown. And um, he has – and was from Colt McCoy, who, who will be starting. So he – the young quarterback seems like, in, at least in the beginning, or not the young, not the, the the inexperienced, I guess, backup quarterback seem to rely on the tight end from what I'm seeing um, so far. So I like that matchup with Jordan Reed. The defenses, I like the Ravens against the Raiders. And then I uh, also like the Lions matched up against the Bears. Chase Daniels isn't really a good quarterback, so there should be some turnovers there. And then I um, – and that's who I want to sit. So, yeah, that's all I got for, for defenses this week. I'm going to have 
a special start one, sit one tomorrow morning on the threadandbutter.com. That's just the Thanksgiving games. And then I'll have the one I, I regularly do on Sunday. So check in uh, tomorrow morning. I'll have one posted as well. Hey, Fred, by right. the way, the, quarter, the quarterback's name is Chase Daniel. Leave off the S for stinky. <laughs> people, <laughs> people I, for, I remember when he was here, and I would crush people for that, and then I just went and did it. You did. <laughs> so I had to mention well, it. So, Sorry. Sometime, sometime when we have time, I'll tell you a Chase Daniel story because I got to spend a little time with Chase Daniel, and he's a fun guy. All okay. right. It's NFL, NFC prediction time again, and uh, – Chet, I'm embarrassed for all three of us, <laughs> but I'm certainly most embarrassed for myself and for As my well you should be. and our personal display last week. What oh are our my. records at this point? Holy cow. Yeah, Bill, we outdid ourselves last weekend. Our picks were about as impressive as the Eagles' offense in New Orleans. You guys both picked the birds for some unknown reason, but that wasn't the only game we botched. I was 2-3 and three for the weekend. Fred was 1-4. and four. And, yes, Bill, this has never been done by anyone before in this little contest. You picked five games and got all five wrong. The amazing thing, you're still in first place, Bill. You're 21 <laughs> and 21 even after that. I am one game back at 20 and 22. Fred is now bringing up the rear at 18 and 24. And, yeah, we picked these games even up. We are that good. Ooh, oh, my man. God. <laughs> Pretty sad. That is brutal, it's a good thing we can laugh at ourselves. That's all I got oh, yeah. to say. All <laughs> yep. right, Fred, here we go. Let's do it again. We threw one in on you. We, I don't think we told you. Here we go. We got Washington at Dallas on Thanksgiving afternoon. Dallas minus seven and a half. Green Bay is at Minnesota. That's the throw-in. Vikings minus three. The Giants come to Lincoln Financial Field to face the Eagles. Somehow the Eagles are minus six. So we're just going to pick the three. Fred, who do you like? Washington at Dallas. Dallas Minus seven and a half. Yeah, that's a big spread. Uh, they got your backup quarterback going for the Redskins, and they're still injured. Not only – I'm definitely picking Dallas, but it benefits the Eagles as well for Dallas to win, so I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win um, at home tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say I like Dallas. I would never say I like Dallas, but I do like them to win this game. Cowboys should win this one fairly easily. I agree. Dallas at home, easy. All right, Green Bay is at Minnesota, Vikings minus three. I like the Vikings here. I like them at home. I like what they're doing offensively and defensively. I think really for the Packers, the the coaching, the, the play callings, it's been skeptical for a while lately. They have Aaron Rodgers, and I know you typically don't go against him, but I just I don't think this is their year this year, so I'm going Vikings. You know what? My head says I should take Minnesota, but I ain't listening. I am taking Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It's just a hunch. I just have this feeling Green Bay's going to win this one. I am taking the pack. And I am in agreement with you, Mr. Chesco. I am not going against Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking Green Bay on the road over the Vikings. There you go. Okay. Giants, Eagles, Eagles minus six. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting because why are they favored by so much? I, I, you know, it, it's never as bad as it is, so I don't think they're as bad as that Saints game. But um, they just they're, – they're really injured. They're really banged up. As you posted something, Bill, about next man up, they're really getting the definition of that in, <laughs> you know. Uh, they're getting Timmy Jernigan back, so I think they'll be able to get a little bit more pressure. That's kind of the only way they're going to win. They have to get pressure on Eli. He, he hasn't thrown an interception in, in two games. 
Um, and he's, he's played pretty well the last few games considering, but his competition wasn't that great either. But if you look at the Eagles, D, they're not, they're kind of on the same lines as the Bucks and the 49ers. So I'm going to, I'm going to say they get pressure to Eli. I, I'm hoping our offense turns around. I think it's going to be closer than the six points. I think the Eagles win in like a field goal in the fourth quarter. I'm going to say it's a pretty high score game. Let's just say like a, like a 27, 24 Eagles win. Well, the season's on the line, and not that the Eagles have done anything of late to give me or anyone else a lot of confidence, but I'm going to take a flyer on them having the will and enough healthy bodies to pull this one out and snap that home losing streak. I'm saying Eagles 20, Giants 16. I don't think they can score 27, Fred, but 20 to 16 Eagles. And, Bill, you're up, and the good news, you will not go 0-5 this week. Well, I uh, – no, right, thank you. <laughs> three games. Uh, <laughs> there's only three games. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think it's going to be close. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. Also, uh, I'm hoping the Eagles can score some points offensively. I don't think they're going to stop Barkley. I don't think they're going to stop Beckham. Um, I'm going 31-27 Eagles. But if, it, if the Eagles lost this game and it wasn't the stinking Giants, uh, it, I, I, w- I would I would take the other team. I, I just I'm not taking the stinking Giants, but 31 points. 31 points. Uh, they're going to need to. It's going to be a track meet, or else they're going right. to get blown out again because the Giants are going to score points because the Eagles can't stop them. Okay. All right, Fred. That's it, my man. Hey, we appreciate you coming by and uh, listen in just a little while. We got a little surprise about next week's show. All right, sounds good. I'll listen in. Happy Thanksgiving. All Thanks, right, Fred, Fred, you too. Thanks, you too. Say say hello to your mom for me. I will. Thanks, see you. And grandma. All right, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity, they continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Matter of fact, Chet, right now they've got up an Eric Lindros, Joel Embiid, Jason Kelsey, Jim Bunning post. Only 21 lines available, so your chance of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. Woohoo! All right, Chet. Hey, as I mentioned, uh, we got some pretty exciting news we want to share about our next Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable show. Take it away. Yeah, Bill, big announcement time. The announcement, we will not be doing a show next Wednesday. That's only part Ooh. of the announcement. We will, however, have a show a few days later, and it's a special one, a special show for a bunch of reasons. For one thing, we will be showing it via Facebook Live. For another thing, you and I will be together in the same room to do the show for just, what, the third or fourth time? Also, Fred Hugo will be with us as well, and here's the real cool part. We will be doing the show live on location at the Red Lantern, a bar and restaurant in Glenolden. It'll be at 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 2nd. Yes, a Sunday afternoon show, and it's the day before a potentially big Eagles-Redskins Monday night game. We will then upload the entire show to Blog Talk Radio and iTunes and TuneIn and everywhere else it goes later in the day for those who aren't able to catch it live. 
But to recap, a live on-location edition of Philly Press Box Radio, Sunday, December 2nd at 3 p.m. It's at the Red Lantern on West Oak Lane in Glenolden. If you're able to do so, come on out and join us. Hang out. It'll be fun. It will be. I'm really looking forward to it. And as you said, if any of our listeners, uh, you know, many of you we've gotten to know and have never met, um, even Facebook friends, listeners, and so forth, if you have a chance, come out there. It'd be absolutely a fun time to get to actually put real people with these uh, with these faces and posts and all that that we see all the time. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to it, Chet. going to be fun. And you said this is not far from where you grew up, right? Oh, almost around the corner. Yeah. Oh, wow. Next, next little suburb over. You know how they are. Little borough. And you probably used to go there and uh, sneak a few beers when you were young. Well, I didn't sneak them. I didn't go there before I was 21, but I okay. did go there a few times after I was 21, I will say. Good for you. Good. I'm looking yeah, forward. I I've never been there. Uh, one of Fred's, that's one of Fred's hangouts, and uh, we appreciate them having us and giving us an opportunity to come. So, uh it should be fun, and uh, I'm getting to tie that together with a whole bunch of other things, getting to come see my mom a little after Thanksgiving. And uh, the Philly show is this weekend also, Chet, the memorabilia yeah. show. And then we're going to put a little uh, Philly Press Box Radio in with it too. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Fred is actually the guy who uh, did the bulk of the work in setting this up because he knows some of the people at the Red Lantern, and you know he talked to them about it, and they were all for it. They were gung-ho about it. So uh, thank you, Fred. We're still finalizing the details, but we hope to see a bunch of our listeners there on Sunday, December 2nd at 3 p.m. at the Red Lantern. You bet. Looking forward to it. And we'll, we'll be posting that, right, uh, yeah, on all am. of our pages and all that. We'll, we'll be getting that out there and let everybody know where it is. Uh, it's easy. It's probably uh, uh, 10 minutes from the airport down that way. Okay. So, uh, okay. yeah, easy easy get to. No problem. I will make make sure I find it in plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If not, Chet, we're going to have to start without you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Hey, Chet, uh, let's move on to talk flyers, and I'm not sure what to make of them right now. They come off a real nice road trip with, with now three straight losses, two-by-one goal. Uh, they're presently six in the Metropolitan. Uh, they had a real nice game the other, well, would look good on paper where they're getting blown out and come up with four goals in about five minutes to tie the game in the third, only to lose it in overtime. Um, what do you make of them? Oh, man. Uh, you follow them more closely than I have so far this year, so you tell me. But I, I know they've got a goalie issue again. You know, Brian Elliott out for a couple of weeks with a lower body injury, hurt himself trying to make a save last weekend. So for now, I guess it's, that Calvin Pickard and Alex Lyon doing the goaltending. How do you feel about that? Well, uh, I, honestly, I'm okay with it because their goaltending is average anyway. Um, so that, that doesn't really bother me that much. Alex Lyon is, is probably just as good as what they have. Uh, but I can tell you, and I'm not all the way up on this, but uh, that Carter Hart is starting to warm up a little bit down on the farm. Ah, I did not know that. I knew he was struggling a little bit early on, and he had a couple of good games, but uh, good to hear. I'm still hoping that we see him around January because uh, I just don't have the faith in these other guys. No, me neither. And, and, you know, again, you look at the stats, you have Claude Giroux always on top, 24 points in 20 games. He's on a pretty close to another 100-point pace. Uh, but then it just drops like a rock. You you know, you have Wayne Simmons got has eight goals, Victoria with eight goals, but three assists, six assists. I mean, 
there's just not enough scoring from this team, and they're going to have to make some moves. And, and I guess the saving grace is they are young, uh, but are we going to be happy if they don't make the playoffs? And I think the answer to that is no. No, they got to make the playoffs for me, or Hackstall is definitely gone. Um, I don't see Ron Hackstall making a move on Hackstall before the year is out, unless they really, you know, go into a free fall or something. But he's got to make the playoffs for me this year because they can't just stay in the middle of the pack, you know, for too much longer. I got to see them moving on up. And yeah, maybe Carter Hart will be the answer. Maybe some of these other guys down in uh, Lehigh Valley or wherever they are at this particular time will help, you know, in a year or so. But uh, I'm getting a little restless. Yeah. Well, hey, Chet, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about – it came out uh, earlier in the week. Well, I guess it was the end of last week. Um, through the season, I think it was 18 games at the time, not one fight, not one fighting penalty for the Flyers. Wow. Yeah, I knew there hadn't been any at least as of a week or so ago, and I guess they haven't had any in the three games since then. It's certainly not the 1970s or 80s NHL, is it, Bill? Um, I, you know what? Do you miss it? Because I do to an extent, but I think I'm okay without it, too. Well, you know, I think the, the skill these players have is tremendous, probably far greater than the skill back in the day. But the thing that the fighting was used for back in the day was a, it was a momentum thing. It was part of the game. And uh, it swung teams one direction or another. And, uh, you know, that part is gone. Now if they're flat, they're flat. They get their brains beat out, and, and not literally, on the ice. And, uh, and then you go home. There's no, there's no comeback. And uh, the fights back in the day could help bring that back. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- there will be a fight at some point, and I hope it's a good one. Because, you know, every once in a while you do like to see that, I think. But, you know, like I said, I'm okay without it. Yeah, well, hockey's changed like everything yep. else. It's it's like player football. it's player safety, and uh, you know more and more of these guys. Unfortunately, you're seeing these guys um, passing away early, and and they've got head injuries and and long term head injuries, and that's certainly not good. You don't want that to happen. Exactly. All right. Well, Mr. Chesco, I know because it's Thanksgiving Eve. And uh, you've got a parting shot tonight besides crap we missed. So let's go ahead and get it from you. Yeah, I did this last year, the night before Thanksgiving. So I thought I'd do it again. And I just put it on our website also. It's a longer version of what I'm going to give you right here. But it's just the fact that it's another Thanksgiving and it's a good time to send out a few thank yous. So first of all, thank you, Gabe Kapler. We can't say for sure just yet whether you're a good manager, but you've certainly given all Phillies fans and those of us who dabble in sports talk radio plenty to discuss. A thank you in waiting to Phil's GM Matt Clentock on the assumption that you'll really bring Bryce Harper to town. Don't make me take that one back, Matt. Big thanks to the 76ers for making pro basketball must-see TV once again in the Philly area. Special thanks to Joel Embiid for those frequent 30-point double-digit rebound games and to Jimmy Butler for fitting in so well right away. And, hey, TJ, thank you for always giving 110% and never whining when you don't get the playing time that you might deserve. A special thank you to our awesome Philly Press Box radio guests. I'm not going to run them all down here, but we are pretty fortunate to have so many terrific folks willing to talk sports with us and, of course, to Fred Hugo and to you, Bill Furman, for what you guys bring to the table every week. I have a strong hunch that some people tune in just to hear our pro football picks, and then they go out and bet the other way. 
That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, of course, to our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Christina Preston and Tracy Krauss and the gang, Allstate Insurance, Dave Lavoie, and LikeYourAge.com, Bob Sullivan, and to our many devoted listeners. Bill and I wouldn't be doing this without the support of all you folks. And don't worry, I didn't forget this one. Thank you to the Super Bowl 52 champion Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the current season isn't going all that well, but that magical run through the playoffs last winter, culminating with the first-ever Super Bowl title, will never, ever be forgotten. So thank you there, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Well, and Ted, one thing to add to that, uh, if you're going to do what we do, I guess we have to thank the 2018-19 version of the Eagles because they certainly are giving us plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah, in that aspect, yeah. I liked last year a little better to talk about that, but, yeah, they're giving us plenty to talk about, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. Hey, just a couple things in the uh, crap we missed. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this on our next show. Is uh, Roy Halladay is uh, up for the first time as a Hall of Famer. We know Mario Ra- Mariano Rivera is a lock, uh, but we'll talk a little more about Roy Halladay being on his first ballot. Uh, that's one thing. And also the Phillies announced that uh, they're going to have three special nights, basically retirement nights, nights for Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and Ryan Howard. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week as well. That'll, yep. be, uh, that'll be interesting to see. So uh, just a couple things we missed, Chad, and uh, happy Thanksgiving certainly to you and your family, and happy Black Friday at the Irish Rover Station House <laughs> to you as well. You know what? I'm actually going there right after this show tonight. I'm going to stop over there because some of my friends and relatives are over there. So I'm going to go uh, hang out with them for a little bit, maybe, maybe have a beer or two or three. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Mr. Chesco, and your family, and uh, Fred and his family as well. Yes. All right. So with that, Chet, we've reached the end of our hour. We'd like to thank our special guest, Brandon Lee Galton, Fred Hugo, our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave Avoy of Allstate Insurance at Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Sunday, December 2nd at 3 p.m. live from the Red Lantern Tavern in Glen Olden, Pennsylvania, or listen on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn's, and Google Play Store. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds! <laughs>